Welcome to Discovering Responsible Wealth. This is your host, Frank Congelos. It's a pleasure to be with you this week, and I want to wish you all a truly wonderful and a blessed Labor Day weekend. So as we're relaxing this weekend, you know, as I look back over the shows that we've done over the last month, we've spent this month predominantly speaking about what we refer to as legacy. And in just in a quick review, as we were talking about legacy, we were talking about the impact that you have upon people's lives, the reality being that your legacy really represents what your life has been up till this point. And the reason why we say that is because we don't know if tomorrow is going to exist for you. I mean, today is a gift. You know, yesterday is, you know, a memory. And when people think in terms of their legacy, what we were really trying to make that message is, is it's not something you're going to do in the future. It really represents what you've done up till now again. So with that being the case, after we've spent our last few shows talking about legacy, we talked about all different aspects of it. The financial side was what we were speaking about last week. What we're going to do this week is I'm going to address some questions that have come to us as it relates to this whole topic on legacy. So the first question that you know has come out is legacy for some people and for many people, it seems a lot like stewardship. And the question is, is legacy planning and stewardship one and the same or are they different? And so when I look at this, I look at it as being very similar, which is stewardship being our time, our talent, and our treasure, how we share that with others, the impact that we, live, we leave upon the lives of others, and who we are. Legacy really does play right into stewardship, and when I talk about that regarding stewardship is we look at the time that we spend with others, meaning the quality of the time, uh, the memories that we built with others, the message, uh, the life experiences with others, and all of those memories and the impact that we've done you know, and that we've made in the lives of others, how does that really play out? And stewardship, when I look at first step, which is time, absolutely, it's an alignment with legacy. From a talent standpoint, and we look at that again, and you know, how does that relate to legacy? From a talent standpoint is how you share your talents as it relates to whether it be your church, uh, whether it be your community, or it be in your vocation and in your employment and what you do, those talents and how you carry yourself in your personal life and professional life, and by you doing the right thing, you being the person that you'd like people to see you being, talent lines up very nicely with legacy as well. So we have total alignment there as also. The last one being, you know, when we talk about stewardship and legacy, they differ and they're same. When it comes down to treasure, they're one and the same. And when I say they're one and the same, how you utilize, you know, money in your life, where money is in your life, the purpose of money in your life, and recognizing that, you know, it's all a gift, okay? It's, it's his, not ours, okay? How we utilize that, you know, the finances of our life and what that represents, that is legacy, and when we look at that, they all fall right in line with one another. So when we look, you know, is legacy in alignment with stewardship? Is it different? Is it the same? I think oftentimes it's in alignment, and it is often one and the same. So when we look in terms of being a good steward of all the gifts in our life, our time, our talent, our treasure, and stewardship, totally in alignment with legacy, uh, my opinion, one and the same. Now, that being said— we also look at the aspect of legacy for many people. 
they think on the financial side of, well, if, if I have a good will, okay, so the day that I'm not here and they go to my will and they look at my will, does my will represent my financial legacy planning? And my answer to that is possibly. And what I mean by that is the following. First of all, when we think in terms of, you know, just having a good will, I'm going to say that, you know, don't wait until you're not here to see the benefit of what you may have done with your finances while you were here. Meaning that if you were going to help your church, your community, your family, your children, and all those wonderful things that you like to do for people when you're not here, what if you could do many of those things while you're still here? You get the benefit of seeing them enjoy that, the benefit of how you've impacted their lives. So I would tell you, don't necessarily wait that the will is the point where all of a sudden what ha- occurred when you're no longer here, you didn't necessarily get to see them benefit from that. And wouldn't it be a gift to you and the gift to the people around you that you actually could have that opportunity to see them benefit? So the first part I would tell you is you don't have to wait for that. Now, that being said, leaving you know your legacy and your will, which is you know how they disperse your assets, what happens and so forth, is very important. And when I talk about it's very important, a will may work, but it also depends upon the magnitude of your assets. And when I say the magnitude is if you've been blessed with great wealth, leaving your wealth in a one shot, you know, here's a lump sum payment or whatever the case might be to some individual, whether it be your children or, you know, your family or to an organization that may not have been necessarily the right way to do it. And the reason being is, is once a will distributes money, it's done. Um, There is no further control. You couldn't have provided for any management of the assets once it's been dispersed. So in lieu of that, what may have been a better option for you, as opposed to a will, would be as if you have substantial wealth. And when I talk about wealth, here's what I'd like you to understand. While you're here, you have your home, your retirement accounts, your investment accounts, liquid assets, whatever the case might be. When you're not here, it's all of those assets which you have not spent yet, plus also for many people there are also life insurance which can magnitude the value of their estate substantially the day they're not here. So as an example, someone may have 500000 or a million dollars worth of assets between their homes, retirement accounts, whatever the case might be. And what if they had another 500000 or a million dollars or more of life insurance? Now you're talking about substantial net worth, substantial assets, and leaving them just through a will may not be the best way to do it. A trust, which means that it's a separate document or it could be a part of your will, that we call that a testamentary trust, could be the receiving arm of the assets. And in that trust, you could have planned for one control, which is how the money is going to be dispersed, such as ages, how the money is going to be invested, such as conservatively, aggressively, or whatever. And not only that, but you can then also pick your management, which is Who's going to be responsible for the management of those assets? So as it relates to is you know a will, the final part of legacy planning, I say maybe. Um, I'd like to trust a little bit better. It depends upon the magnitude of, of your wealth. If I go a step further than that, you know, we had someone who wrote a question in 
And the question was, you know, Frank, as it relates to retirement accounts and things of that nature, how does that play into the legacy planning? And what I would tell you is, is that retirement accounts have a different tax treatment. And when I say it has a different tax treatment, a retirement account has never been taxed before. So when you think in terms of that asset actually passing to someone, it's best if it passes to a spouse because when it's passed to a spouse, and we think in terms of legacy, there's no taxes between husband and wife. However, once it goes from a spouse to children or to other people, retirement-type accounts, IRAs, pension accounts, and so forth, those assets would be subject to ordinary income tax And they're also included in your estate, depending upon the value of your estate. So I would tell you, just be careful as it relates to those. Uh, Annuities are very similar, which means that an annuity, if it's in a retirement account, fully taxable. An annuity, which is outside, it's not in a retirement account, it's just a separate investment. The gains in an annuity are subject to ordinary income tax. So as an example, if I had $100,000 in a retirement account, I'm sorry, didn't mean retirement account, in an annuity account, and it grew to be 200000 if I leave that asset at the time of my death as a part of my legacy to some individual, to my family, or to an organization, the additional $100,000 that it made is subject to ordinary income tax. So I would tell you, also keep in mind and be careful with annuities as well as retirement assets. Any asset like that that you leave, it's a part of your legacy, they do have some tax uh, issues associated with it. However, stocks, bonds, and real estate as it relates to your legacy and when you pass those on, those receive typically a step-up in basis, which means if I paid $100,000 for my house, on the day that I pass away, it's worth 300000 That house, on the day that I die, gets a step up in basis up to the 300000 And when it's inherited by my family, an organization, or whatever, there is no income tax associated with it. So those types of assets are treated de- uh, differently. It's better, just so that we're on the same page. Now, one of the other questions that I had to come up you know, through the course of this legacy conversation is, What's the better asset to leave if I was going to plan on leaving assets to family or to organizations? Am I better off trying to leave investment-type assets and my house and so forth or life insurance? So the answer to that one is I personally like the life insurance side better than the other assets, and the reason being is this. If I think in terms of life insurance, which we had discussed previously, as a way of backing up the value of my assets, it gives me the ability, while I'm alive, to enjoy the assets personally. So between my wife and I, if I had money in retirement accounts, investment accounts, or whatever the case might be, we can spend and enjoy those assets during our lifetime, knowing that the day that we're not here, we have life insurance to back the asset up. Now, if I have more assets than I need during my lifetime, meaning that my investments, if I'm fortunate enough that my investments generate more income than I need on a regular basis, that gives me the opportunity to help my family, my friends, my charities, my church, my community by taking that excess income. And like I mentioned earlier in the show, wouldn't it be nice if I can make contributions to them while I'm here, that I can see them benefit. So if I wanted to dedicate it to a school 
or to my church and I get to see them enjoy it today, it's better while I'm here. So I would tell you if you have that excess income by knowing that you know you can utilize your assets while you're here, it's better. The life insurance being something you leave later, the benefit of that is this, is when we're talking about legacy planning when I'm not here, life insurance goes from whatever the value is the day before death. Let's say I had a $500,000 face amount policy. So that policy is worth 500000 at death. Maybe because I've been paying into it over a long period of time, maybe I have 100000 or $200,000 of cash value. So here's what this means. If I have 200000 of cash value, the day before death, the policy is worth 200000 The date of death, it's worth five hundred. So life insurance as a part of my legacy planning for planning for charitable organizations, planning for my family and planning for others is, in my opinion, it's the perfect asset. It's, it's as good as cash. It's tax-free typically at death from an income tax standpoint. It's a, what I refer to as a discounted dollar, meaning that typically, and I think 99% of the time, I'm never going to pay in as much as premium as I'm going to have paid out in a death benefit. So in other words, if I'm paying a dollar in premium, okay, I'm typically never going to, I'm always going to get more than a dollar's worth of death benefit. So it, it has a guaranteed gain in there by all you know, purposes. So I refer to that as a discounted dollar gift, you know, that I should look at it. The second thing that I point out on the life insurance side when we're talking about that is, is that some people had in here, Frank, if I'm leaving my life insurance as a part of my legacy while I'm spending other assets, does that mean that I'm locked out of the cash value of the policy while I'm alive? And the answer to that question is not necessarily. Dividends on life insurance policies, okay, and not all policies pay dividends. Dividends aren't guaranteed. But if you happen to have a policy that does pay dividends, those dividends may be paid to you during retirement if, if, you receive, or if they're available to help offset retirement income, to help be, you know, improve your cash flow. So you could benefit if you had a policy that paid dividends, which, again, are not guaranteed. They can fluctuate. But I can receive that. In addition to that, I may have utilized some of my cash values during my lifetime. That means this. If I utilize some of the cash value during my lifetime, the difference between the cash value and the total death benefit, the net, is still payable to my family, friends, or the charity of my choice. So I would tell you, life insurance, in my opinion, the perfect gift. Um, Another question here that I'm looking at. And the question is, um, what is it that I need to do now as it relates to some of my legacy planning? And I'm going to you know, tell you just some of the key things. First thing I would tell you to do is in terms of legacy, and when I talk legacy at this point, I mean now final legacy, I would tell you that you need to really write down what is your intentions. Those items that you write down should really be put into your legal document, whether we talked about, just like before, whether it be your will or your trust instruments so that you know where it's going. Once that's done, then you should also look at the titling of assets because not everything that you own will pass through your will. So as an example, jointly held assets will pass by ownership. If I own it jointly with my wife or jointly with my son, payable at death, it's going to pass to that person. So you need to look at that. So look at the titling of your assets to make sure that it's going to pass through the right instrument. 
The other thing I'm going to point out is, is that, again, not all assets pass through your will. Some of them are going to pass through your beneficiary arrangements. So as an example, I could have a will that says, take care of my kids this way, take care of my church that way, take care of the community involvement this way. But if all of my beneficiary arrangements indicate differently, it's going to pass outside of my will, and none of that applies. So as an example, life insurance, retirement accounts, annuity accounts, all of those do not pass through your will. So I would tell you, look at your beneficiary decisions, what you want to do there. And then the final thing I would tell you to do is you know, make sure that other members of your family know what your intentions are, know where your documents are, and what's current. Because at the end of the day, you want to make sure that whatever it is that you wanted to see happen, that that's what happens. So remember, it's all a gift. Your legacy is really you know what your life represents. For all of our listeners, again, as we wrap up our show, I wish you truly a blessed week. Happy Labor Day. You've been listening to Discovering Responsible Wealth. This is your host, Frank Congelos. If you have questions, you can write to us at the Institute of Responsible Wealth, 2431 Atlantic Avenue, Manasquan, New Jersey, 08736, or email us at info at ifrw.com.